or your, you know, whatever. Uh, because that's a very small portion of the labor force. You know, if you are a uh, a truck driver or if you are a cash register operator in a supermarket, you know, it probably doesn't happen a lot that somebody comes up to you and says, oh, you know, thanks very much, you know, but 15 years ago you drove a load of bricks for me or something like that. I mean, that doesn't happen. And so I think it's much more tenuous to think that people feel some kind of satisfaction of creating something. Remember one thing, you know, that the difference between an artisanal economy and a sophisticated manufacturing economy is that in an artisanal economy, and you make a product from basically beginning to end. So you make a shoe or you make a jacket or something like that. And we saw today that you know, what, what will happen in a factory. You don't make a jacket. You know, you make a teeny sleeve or you make, you know, two buttons. You're talking about an assembly process where a, a bespoke suit is assembled. Exactly. A, a, so it's the division of labor that we all think is so great. But Adam Smith himself, you go back to the wealth of nation. Adam Smith says, you know, this could well lead to a complete, you know, petrification of the mind. I don't see, that's not the term he uses, but he, he talks about that, how a very fine division of labor could lead to what later Marx called alienation, because you are doing one task over and over and over again, and you really have no relation with the final product. I think that we don't even have to go all the way back to Marx or Adam Smith. I think we can look right now in the United States. There's a cohort of, of veterans uh, who've returned from Iraq and Afghanistan where they had a job with both fellowship and meaning, that they were living in close quarters with people who became their best friends, and their job was to keep their best friends safe. That is a clearly defined job with a fellowship and connections that has meanings. And then they report that they come back to the United States and they're doing jobs that don't mean anything to them with no real connections. Now, you're right about, you know, in the military or in similar arrangements, like on ships, for instance, you get the sort of same kind of idea, you know, which is there is a camaraderie and a companionship that is created in you know, relatively small groups. I think it's probably, it's probably doesn't work for groups that are larger than, you know, 15, 20 people. But within that group, there is a great deal of cohesion. And I think smart employers actually figure that out and they create these relatively small groups in which there is, you know, a, a common striving for a purpose. And if that purpose is, you know, company profits or, you know, make, making a good product, that actually creates meanings, much like, you know, a college professor will have in being, you know, teaching a course. Or, but my sense is that is probably fairly rare. I mean, there are many corporations uh, that have that, but, um, but it's probably not something that, that I would say applies in general um, uh, in the labor market. That said, you know, I mean, there's always